You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 388. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 388. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, beautiful lady. How are you? It is, I'm great. Yeah. It's a little bittersweet it's today. It's very bittersweet. Yeah. This is our goodbye episode. This is episode. our goodbye episode. Mr. Smith is leaving the show. I. It, it's been an amazing run. It has. Eight it years. Has. I was actually just thinking about how back in our place in California many moons yeah. ago, we hung up blankets on our canopy bed That's right. in order to have like a good acoustic room Acoustics. and now we have <laughs> a pod room a, a bougie beige a bougie beige pod room yeah right yes full equipment set up in fact i was going back to <laughs> one of our earlier episodes where we had one mic we had to share the we mic. were recording in a closet and I would pass it back and f- we would pass it back and forth. Like what? Wow. So anyway, this episode is going to be all about some of the major things that you've learned from the show. I'm basically going to be interviewing Mr. Smith. Oh no. And looking at some of his key takeaways. Going to talk about how it's influenced his work, how his self talk has changed over the years, what he's learned about boundaries and speaking up for yourself, or being a male voice on a largely predominantly female audience uh, show. So we're going to dig into all of that, but of course we have to do a one final <laughs> would you rather. But before we get to that segment, I did want to tell you a little bit if you have not heard about the direction that I'm taking the show. If you go over to thejoyjunkie.com slash feedback, you have an opportunity to be entered to win a raffle that I'm going to conduct on April 14th, so just oh, in nice. two days after this episode airs, where you can win a bunch of Joy Junkie swag for giving me feedback on what you thought over the last four episodes. So what I have done and what I'm thinking about continuing on, unless overwhelmingly everybody says, no, we fucking hate it. <laughs> is to take one subject. So last last four episodes, if you can hear Mr. Smith cracking his knuckles. <laughs> I'm sure they can't, but now they can. Remember that one episode that was like, I think somebody farted and it was your chair? <laughs> yeah. That was early, early that was on. early on, yeah. Anyway, so I took a, a topic, imposter complex, and then I did four episodes that were different methods of tackling imposter complex. One was me coaching somebody live on the air. One was a guest expert that I did, a like dial an expert. One was a solo. And then one was a hypnosis episode. Nice. So I, after this week, I will be going into another four-part series around perfectionism where I'm going to be doing the same sort of concept. So I would love to hear from you. Also, you can have a chance to win all of this awesome Joy Junkie swag. There's a Grace and Kindness necklace. There's a I'm a Joy Fucking Junkie mug. There's oh, also really? Yeah, I'm Enough 
post-it notes, like all sorts of fun, <laughs> fun, cool stuff. So go to thejoyjunkie.com slash feedback and let me know what you like, what you don't like, the things you want to add. If you have any other ideas of other formats that you've seen on other shows that you love, I want to hear about it. So I will be back with that format starting next week where we'll be covering off a whole series on perfectionism. We're going to be dialing up an expert or two about that. So I think you will very much enjoy it. So enough with the logistics. (laughs) Let's celebrate your journey on the show. All right. Let's celebrate it with? I thought you were going to say it. Oh, uh, (laughs) with a little segment we like to call... Would you rather? It's been so long, I forgot my cues. So this is a little bit different. We've got four of my favorites. Since I started recording, which was episode 124, I started recording the Would You Rathers, like writing, documenting writing, documenting them. them. Yep. I have four here from all over the place in, okay. in, the, in our episodes. And I want to see which, we, one? which one we want to do. Which one so we here's the do. four, and then we'll do one of those four, whichever one you choose. Okay. Okay. So, would you rather have vaginas for ears or penises for fingers? Okay, I remember that. Or have a shoulder nipple or a knee nose. That was a popular one. Or have a tiny living rhino. Mmm, tiny rhino. Or every time you shit, a $100 bill came inside of it. Right. Came inside of it didn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. Not at all. (laughs) Uh, Every time you shit, a $100 bill will be in the shit. Okay. You got to fish it out, of course. Okay. You got to clean it. Yeah. Or have a monkey maid or a gorilla gardener. Oh, I thought you would for sure do always have to wear a clown outfit or clown you makeup. You love that one. I love that you one. love that one. Okay. We can put that one in there if you want. Okay. I have to go with Tiny Rhino. Tiny Rhino. I because have. Yes. You want that Tiny Rhino bad, don't you? I. I <laughs> Although I've been following this dude on TikTok who's telling me just like how fucking dangerous rhinos are, which they're I, tiny though. I know I appreciate it, but it's a mouse sized tiny, tiny rhino. rhino. And I mean, you could train it, you could do all sorts of cool stuff with it. Yeah. But it uses to pick your teeth. But we've talked about this one before. Okay. So, so the would <laughs> the <laughs> pick your teeth. The official would you rather for this final episode is would you rather have a tiny rhino? Tiny living rhino. Like as a pet. As a pet. Yeah. Okay. It can't talk or anything. No. Okay. No, no. Or. <laughs> can't talk. Or shit a $100 bill every time. Okay. Now, loophole wise, can you take like X-lax or something so that you poop more frequently? Oh, yeah. It's going to affect your health, but you can do that. Or up your. You're going to have to spend that money on your health. Up your caffeine level or something. Sure. Because every time, yeah. every time I have kombucha in the afternoon, I'm like, whoop, here we go. Yeah. At my morning coffee says, okay, here we go. Yeah. So, yeah, you can, but it's going to affect your So, but like if you were in a pinch, you know. And And some people take one every other day. Some people take five a day. That's right. Well, I feel like, do you remember that one time somebody sent us a picture of a tiny rhino they found? An actual tiny rhino? (laughs) No, no, no. It was like on a kid's playground or something. Uh, Oh, like one of those little springy ride things? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, tiny rhino. It was great. (laughs) Okay, so you have to sift through your poop to clean off that hundred dollar bill. Yeah, you got to dig in there and get it out. But I also yeah. feel like if but you I could also had... invent a tool to pull out the hundred dollar bills from your poop. Uh, okay, right? some kind of filtration system or something. <laughs> but that would only be advantageous for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
But if you had a tiny rhino, you could make a shit ton of money off of it. That's true. So I th- you could enter it in the circus. I don't. I don't believe in the circus. But <laughs> I, I think I would still choose tiny rhino. I'm pretty sure I picked that years ago. You, oh, you always pick tiny rhino. Yeah. What do you pick? Well, I definitely thought you were going to go with tiny rhino. You did. Yeah, I wanted to go with vaginas for ears, but. But since we didn't do that one. Said, since we didn't do that one, I'm going to shit a $100 bill every time. You are. Lately, because I've been carb loading. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's been three or four times a day. So that's that's a decent chunk of change. Oh, my God. I might God. quit my day job. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, it really, it you, it has the immediate payoff versus Tiny Rhino. It's like, we've got to get an agent. Yeah. We've yeah, got to get, yeah. ti- a, a get a tiny, website. we got to get a tiny vest. <laughs> Tiny we got to get a tiny hat. We got to get <laughs> tiny little rings for him to jump through. A, a tiny accordion. It, there's a lot of overhead <laughs> with the tiny rhino. A website, you said. Oh my gosh, that's so great. We have to do a, a logo. Photo, sh- photo shoot. Gotta get a, a logo. logo. I mean, <laughs> a lot of. Overhead. What would that logo look like? Just him, just uh, the, or her, just the tiny rhino. Like it, it would be just the rhino head. T- kind of from the side with Tilting a, a with wink. a wink. A wink, like, wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For all your tiny rhino needs. That's amazing. Okay, I'm on so, board. I'm on board. So you'll have your tiny rhino. I'll be shitting $100 bills over here. You're just take care of our financial house. We're, we're going to be, we'll both be taking care of the financial house. That's true. Yeah. That's true. The money I make off my sh- my hundy shits. <laughs> yeah. Is that a good name for it? I don't know. We'll take the hundy shits and we'll invest it in the rhino. Okay. Okay. We've got a plan. That's how we're going to fund. That's how we'll fund it. The overhead for the rhino. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I'm really going to miss these times with you. Me too, babe. I'm really going to miss these me times too. with you. In fact, I some people I I had asked, "Do you want me to do Would You Rather segment with guests?" And they were like, "No." <laughs> really. <laughs> so I have a feeling it's either a they don't give a shit about it, or b they only want it if it's you. Well, I'd that's like- what I make up. My ego says the latter. Okay, let's go with that. Yeah. Also, it's it's all going to change anyway, so yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. good. But so, I think it's a good change for your business. I honestly do. I'm excited just to I connect think, with other people too. Yes, and I also think as listeners, they're going to have a more of a variety of content coming at them. That's right. So it'll be just different angles, different viewpoints. I think it's really going to blow your business up. And I think people are going to really a- appreciate the format better. That's just my opinion, but... I, I hope you're right. And I, you know, there's definitely anxiety for me where I go. Oh, sure. Of course. Do, will anybody want to hear from me oh, without please. you? People are here for you. Let's be honest. It's, They're it, here for it's the It's content. very sweet. But but also we hear all the time like, oh, couples goals or, you know, the dynamic that the two of you have. It's I have that with Andrea. You know, yeah, I have yeah. it literally with one other person on this planet. Maybe Billy. Maybe my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah But sure. you're the only one who was available for podcasting. <laughs> And I'm the other person in the house. The only other yeah. person in the house. And and Andrea is very much my equal as far as delivering this information. So sure. it doesn't make sense for her to do it. So anyway, it's pushing me outside of my comfort zone. And I'm excited to have lots of different perspectives. But I also very much care about the audience that we've curated over the last eight years. Absolutely. And I want you to be an active participant in telling me what you want to hear, what you think about this 
format, all of that stuff. So yeah. again, if you want to win that swag, go over to thejoyjunkie.com slash feedback. The link will be in the show notes as well. So let's do a little interview for okay. you, Mr. Smith. Okay. What piece of information that I've shared on the show has been the most surprising to you? This one was the hardest question for me yeah. because there's so many things. Not even the most surprising, but the most powerful Okay. was that the subconscious has to change in order for your habits to truly change. Mm. Like that was powerful for me because I came from a school of you've got to just will it and be positive around it and just make, you know, all these conscious decisions to change your habits. And that does work to an extent, but those deep seated ones are in our subconscious. And I think that was the one, the thing that really stuck out for me the most. It's interesting you bring that up because I, that, that is newer for me. That's just been with a, within the last maybe three years or so when I first started doing my hypnosis training. And it was something that I was so interested in because I saw a lot of people have a difficult time with things like positive affirmations. Yeah. And there were certain tools that I had come up with, like progressive language of speaking to yourself with something like, I'm on my way to, or I'm exploring what it looks like to love myself, you know, something that's progressive. But I wasn't quite sure why it worked. And once I started studying hypnosis, I realized, oh, there's this whole thing called the theory of mind, which is exactly what you're talking about, that, you know, our subconscious mind is really where our habits, our beliefs are housed. And if that's incongruent with our conscious mind, which a lot of times it is, then that's why all of the things you're trying to willpower your way through, which is also in the conscious part, doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Just straight up doesn't work. It's also why, I talked about this a little bit last week, if anybody caught the hypnosis episode, that's also why when you're driving along, driving your car, and you get to wherever you're going, and you cannot remember the last <laughs> 20 minutes or whatever, it's because your conscious mind is thinking about what you should have said to fucking Susan in accounting earlier today. You know, you're replaying that whole scenario, and your subconscious knows the direction. It knows how to run the, drive the car. It knows how all the muscle memory. It yeah. It knows how to get there. And that is so fascinating to me. But what is that? That's habit. Sure. That is a habit that's located in the subconscious. Yeah. So it's wild. That's yeah. cool. I'm glad that that was powerful for you. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Right, let me ask you this How okay. has your self talk or just how you view yourself, your relationship with yourself, changed by doing the show? Pretty dramatically. Really? I, th- I think before you got into this work, when I look back at it, I have several inner critics. Yes. Right? I definitely have several. They just ruled me. Right. They were in charge. It was just true. They just did what but I just did whatever they told me to. Right. Right? And every once in a while I'd creep in and do my own thing, but I didn't really connect that there was a difference between those. So then when I started doing this work and started figuring out my inner critics, I realized that some of them needed to be spoken to differently. Yes. Some of them I had to just yell and beat up. Mm-hmm. And others I had to be very kind and friendly with. I approach them very differently because they're based from different places in my, like either one is fear or anger or whatever they right. might be based out of, right? Just all of that, everything I just said is 
so far from where I was before I, we started learning about this work and yeah. how inner critics work. Because you, you've always been far less vocal about what's happening internally for you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that shifted considerably over the last few yeah. years. Yeah, I mean, we've been true. together for 24 years. So, But this podcast has been where you got to really be a part of the work that I do. And so I, I feel really fortunate in that way that you've been able to be a part of my growth. So, mm -hmm. and you know, the vernacular, you know, the words. So if I'm establishing <laughs> a boundary or something like that, you're incredibly respectful of it. And, yeah. you know, there's been so many great things about that, but I've always seen you as such a, a confident individual. And then knowing you, I know that all your demons are inside mm -hmm. and there's ways in which you've been, you know, Oh, I'm an imposter or things like that. Sure. Do you feel like you're more apt to champion yourself? Like, you've got this. You can do this now? Well, yes. When the imposter comes in, I have to be courageous for him. Yeah. I have to champion him and give him courage. Yeah. My procrastinator, I can't give them courage. Mm. I can't give that one that much power. Yeah. I have to take the power away from that one. Yeah. But I have to do it subtly. I can't just grab it. It doesn't work. Yeah. I have to subtly, you know, make sure it feels okay and kind of give it some reassurance, reassurance yeah. and just, you know, let it know that it's going to be okay, like a, like a scared dog or yeah. something like that, right? Do you have any inner critics? I know you used to, but do you have any inner critics that are not gendered? Yeah. Some of them, like my procrastinator, yeah. is just a little sniveling being. Yeah. It's not anything... There's no sexual relation yeah. to it at all. Where other ones have more masculine qualities, so I call it him, yeah. right, or he. Yeah. I don't think I have any females, though. Yeah. I think they're all either non-gendered or, or Yeah, male. that's uh, that's curious because sometimes people will very much have an inner critic that is the voice of a parent. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. And yeah. it's interesting that you bring up talking to them in a different way. I talk to my students about this all the time because – our inner critics will have a specific level of power typically. Right. And so you have to meet and exceed that power. Now, that doesn't always mean more angry or more, you know, violent or anything like that. Right. It just means equally as powerful or assertive. So if you've got an inner critic that's chiming in that's like, oh, that's not possible for you. Oh, you mm -hmm. know, and is like kind of snide, then it needs a matching of wits. It needs right. a retort that is something like, that's not helpful. I need you to take a back seat, right? Like you need to meet the energy right. of your inner critic. So yes. I love I love that you brought that up. All right, so let me ask you this. I'm super curious what you're going to say about this. What has your experience been like over the years as being a cisgendered male, being on a show where the demographic is largely cisgendered females? Well, it doesn't really hit me. Because really? we're here in this room. Right. I don't – it's not a conference where I'm surrounded by the people that listen to the show. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I guess one of the things that's it's not surprising is that it's a female audience. It's just female audience. Right. To me, I would just like to say that as a man in this field with you yeah. going through this project, I would like to say to the men out there that you don't have to feel – like doing this work makes you weak. Right. Or that doing this work makes you a weirdo. And maybe you should just wear that weirdo as a badge of courage, right? Like, yeah, I'm a weirdo. 
I'm yeah. doing something different, right? Yeah. Because all of us need growth. Yeah, all of us. Dealing with our emotional selves and our spiritual selves is a part of our growth. Right. We can't grow without growing that piece of us too. Yes. It's like blowing up a balloon. It blows up in all directions. Right. It doesn't just blow up in one direction. So if it does blow up in one direction, it's going to blow up. Right. Or it's going to look odd or, you know, act odd. Mm -hmm. It's not as prevalent for me. That's interesting. That that it's female oriented. To me, it's more that I wish more men would embrace it. I do too. I appreciate you saying that. And, And there have been plenty of people who've contacted me over the years who have said, my husband enjoys listening because of Mr. Smith. Nice. That's great. That's that's a huge honor. And it's something that I think we need more of. Things are starting to change. I think a lot of the younger generations are so much more woke when it comes to personal development and learning how to speak kindly and also advocating for women and women's rights and things yeah. like that. So that's been that's been really interesting for us to grow through as well learning for me it really came to a head with the 2016 election Mm. and that's when i really started digging into social justice causes and understanding misogyny and the patriarchal influence and white fragility and uh, all of that stuff where i went oh shit there's a lot of things to learn here and and you and i had had some like rough conversations around that where you felt attacked and you know, we had to kind of work through conversations around male-female stuff. Uh, it wasn't necessarily an attack. It was more the approach was that you were schooling me. Right. Like my voice was condescending. Right. Yeah. Which wasn't helpful. Yeah. It didn't make me want to listen. Right. You know, so I think that's that's where we came to an understanding. Definitely. For sure. I think that has grown leaps and bounds. And I, I'm also grateful for that in that we speak so much about communication that we've also had our ways of upping the ante in our own communication oh, yeah, yeah. throughout the years. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're probably answering a question. I know. I'm, I, which one, <laughs> which one should I go to? Because I feel like that's a perfect segue. Yeah. What's the biggest lesson you've learned about boundaries and speaking up because of this show? That it's not as hard as we make it out to be. Ooh. We think that it's this overwhelming mountain that we have to climb. But once you start climbing, it's like, oh, that was easy. And what I mean by that is the response that we get from people when we do set up boundaries or yeah. that, or we take our boundaries down isn't what we expected That's most right. of the time. It's true. We think that they're going to flip out and go crazy or, or d- disown us or whatever it might be, right? And a lot of times when you start bringing that truth out and you start speaking your mind, yeah. there's more respect and there's, there's clearer understanding yeah. in a relationship. You're completely right there. And, you know, and that's not to say there are not sometimes people who who really don't like when you boundary up. Of course. Uh, yeah. Of There's course. definitely that. But I've seen many instances with students where they've gotten themselves all worked up about <laughs> I have to decline this thing or I have to tell this person this thing. And they're racked with anxiety yeah. and they do it and it's fine they're like, or oh. it's completely uneventful. Right. Right. Or it's also extremely telling about the relationship with that person. Absolutely. You know, like, for example, I know that 
in some communities where people are sober curious or they're experimenting with taking a break from alcohol. There will be people in their life who razz them about that and who will say like, oh, you're no fun anymore or why on earth would you stop drinking? And my favorite response for that is, are you seriously trying to make me feel bad for making healthy decisions for me, (laughs) for myself? Are you seriously trying to guilt trip me about healthy decisions? So I think a lot of times when you actually do speak up for yourself and you're met with opposition, at least this is what I try to really impart to to the people that I work with, is don't take that as a symbol of whether or not you should have spoken up or not. Take that as a sign of who that person is and what their capabilities are of having thoughtful communication with you. Because mm-hmm. it's it's a huge indication of their capability of like – Supporting you through a boundary or being respectful or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the biggest correlation that you have seen between the work that you do to heal the body and the work that I do to heal the mind and spirit? They're one and the same. Hmm. Anywhere you touch a circle can be the beginning or end of that circle. Okay. So any part of the body that you touch or that you speak to or that you uh, hypnotize or whatever approach you're taking is an angle into the whole being being yeah which is called a soma okay so that somatic experience can come from so many different angles some people say acupuncture works for things like this yeah sometimes it's talk therapy yep sometimes it's body work right yeah so just understanding that there are many many angles into all parts of our our somatic experience is probably that's interesting i always thought soma was body i think soma is the whole oh it's the being yeah okay that's cool that's really cool i love that i love the idea of multiple entry points Mm -hmm. and and also that it's cyclical you know we've talked a lot about how you don't ever really arrive Right, right. You don't ever get to a point where you've finished taking care of your body. I'm yeah. done. I've arrived at peak health, and now I'm done. <laughs> I think a better uh, visual would be the infinity symbol. Oh, okay. Right? Anywhere you touch the infinity symbol can be the beginning of that infinity symbol. Yeah. So you have this looping, looping, looping. You come from a psychosomatic yes. approach. Yes. Right? You're going into the mind to get into the body to relieve stress and relieve anxiety and, mm-hmm. and kind of build more confidence and those types of things. Right. Where I'm coming from a soma psychic right. aspect. I'm touching the body to free the spirit, the mind. All the energy. Uh, energetic Mental self. And, yeah. Yeah, mentality. So all those things can be approached. And that's what I mean by anywhere you touch on the infinity symbol at the beginning. My approach is coming from the into the body, feeling yourself. Right. Uh, getting in touch with parts of your body that you've really never even thought of, like how to breathe into your ribs or how to lower your pelvic floor or how to uh, make contact with the floor. Like all those things are either grounding or inspiring or, yeah, you know, they can come from that angle where yeah. you come from the other side of it of let's deal with some of this subconscious energy right. to or get emotions right to get to that other side. They're almost like the same practice, but a different entry point. That's exactly right. It really is. It's pretty cool. So I'm also curious, how has being a part of this show and the things that we've discussed 
how does that help you or how has it influenced you showing up for people in your work or holding the space for when there are things that are emotional releases or they tell you things that are not necessarily related to the body ailments? Mm -hmm. We'll have a lot more tools to pull from, right? Like just listening to you and listening to this podcast and hearing about your work, going through some of your work. I have those tools to give to them Yeah. uh, when I feel they apply. So it's just more tools in my bag. I think one of the things I see with you a lot that I think is so brilliant that doesn't always happen with when you're trained in one specific modality, like the body, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not given a bunch of tools on how to be with emotional releases or what's really happening with trauma or things like that that is harbored in the body – I think, you know, that's one of the ways in which you stand out and create such a safe place for for people because, you know, you've shared with me that there are specific things that you can work on on the body that almost always is related to abuse or almost always is related to, you know, acute trauma. And when you work on that, it's super common for people to have this emotional release where they just bawl their eyes out. And your ability to not do the typical perspective of don't cry here's tissue stop it make Mm. it stop but for you to go let it move through you yes yeah and give them tools to find ways to let that happen but before that even happens and this is something you do in your practice too people have to feel safe that's right if they don't feel safe they're not going to let that out that's right the nervous system is going to protect yep right so when that when your nervous system feels protected feels safe it lets go. Yeah. And when you let go, that's when everything starts to happen. Mm-hmm. That's when the emotion releases or the tension and the muscularity lets go or you start feeling breath in another place because you don't have that sympathetic nervous system overwhelming you. Right. You're allowed to approach your parasympathetic yes. without that distraction. So yep. that's the beginning piece is having that safe place to begin. Yeah. And And um, that's key with all practitioners, I think, you know, like when when people talk about what works, does acupuncture work, does structural integration, which is what Mr. Smith does, does it work, does coaching work, does therapy work? It all fucking works, (laughs) but you have to be connected to the practitioner. Absolutely. For people who go, therapy doesn't work for me. I'm like, you didn't have the right match. You might maybe didn't have the right modality for you, but that's the biggest indicator of am I going to heal is do I feel safe with this individual even western doctors it's like do I feel safe do I feel supported and that that I think is is one of the ways in which you you really really excel thank you thank you that means a lot to me I'm, I'm glad that comes through all right so what is the most memorable episode or subject or topic that you can recall from the last the last eight years I pondered on this question and I couldn't come up with an answer. Really? I, there's not one that stands out to me. I don't. I don't think I do, would either. I definitely remember <laughs> recording and you did a mic drop that happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I not. Think about it's that, not a yeah. topic. I can't remember the episode, yeah. but I recorded it and it was so funny to us. Like we could not stop laughing because you dropped the mic like seriously three times. <laughs> And it kept, we kept starting. I kept trying to talk and then it was the mic drop. And it was when, yeah. it was before we had our fancy setup that we have now. Where, tripod mics. Where we actually, on the bed. We had to hold it. Yeah. yeah. 
or you'd do a pillow stack up and right. put the microphone on the pillows. I mean, <laughs> any movement on the bed. It was not a professional situation. No, it wasn't. All right. So, <laughs> what do you think the biggest challenge has been for the two of us doing the show? Understanding what my role is. Yeah. And how to not step on your train of thought and your topic. Yeah. And that's when I came up with, okay, I'm going to come from the listener's perspective. I tried to come from, if I was listening and I hadn't heard any of this, what questions would I have for it? Right. You know? So I tried to come from that angle, and I think that kind of became my role. The voice of the people, you the used to always say. The voice of the people. That's right. There's the people's eyebrow, and then there's the voice of the, the, voice people. Of the people. Well, I remember, and I don't know if we've shared this with the audience or not, but in our early years of the show, I used to get so fucking frustrated with you. You did, yeah. I was I was so controlling <laughs> and so concerned about any little – like it was my perfectionism was off the charts. Like it was any little outside noise. I felt like I had to mention it or cut it out. But what would drive me fucking nuts is I would deliver – some sort of piece of content. <laughs> and then, I know you're And going. then you would say, oh, but that's just really so hard to do, though. Over and over again. But that's just really so hard to do. That was my limitation. And That was my limitation. What, what do you mean? Well, I was – I thought that it was. Just like I was mentioning about building boundaries. Yeah. Once you start doing it, you're like, oh, this is easy. Yeah. Right? It's a lot easier than you think it's going to be because you overwhelm yourself with how much it is to do. Yeah. But once you get past that and you actually just fucking do it, that goes away. Well, and I don't know if I was as explicit of very specific ways. Like that's something that I really pride myself on is that I give very specific, here's what you do, here's how to do it. Right. And I don't know if I was as much in the beginning, but I felt like I was. So you're saying I was your inspiration. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) See the episode on manipulation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I felt like I was telling people, here's how to do it. Here's what – go do it. And then you, like, smash me down like, that's just really too hard to do. <laughs> yeah, like I said, that was that was me, my limited thought. I would get just, like, tense with you. It would yeah. it would be – it would yeah. make for not so great episodes. Right. But – But over the years, we've, you know – Yeah. Kind of meshed in this regard. I think the la- – yeah, the, quite a few of the last year years, I mean, at least a good five years, we really ironed it out. But, yeah, I, I remember having some, some tough conversations about that. How do you think our relationship has changed? Well, I understand your work way much better, way better. And I feel like it has given us tools to work when, – when you're using one of the tools from the work, I recognize it. <laughs> do you and and can see it right i can go oh okay she she needs some time yeah or you know she's putting a boundary here do i respect that or not you know i yeah. kind of understand where you're going with it whereas if i didn't see your work in this way through the podcast i don't know if i would recognize that right i wouldn't recognize like oh she's building a boundary right now i just think oh she's being a bitch right yeah so when I, I think that has helped our relationship quite mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. In our communication and just in the the systems that we set up for ourselves and all those things are a lot easier because we understand each other in that way. It's it's 
like speaking the same language, I yeah. think. Yeah, exactly. And a little side note, speaking up and delivering a boundary doesn't mean that you're being a bitch. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying is, you know, it, it would have occurred to me as that. Right. If I didn't understand where it was coming from. But your delivery is great, too. I'm not saying it was bitchy at all. And that that's changed, too. Yeah. That's changed from feeling convicted to walk my own talk. Mm-hmm. That I can't get on here and preach about delivery and then be a snarky piece of ass with you. And <laughs> a snarky a, piece, of a ass. piece of ass. A snarky asshole, I guess I should say. <laughs> Although I'm always a piece of ass. Hashtag snarky piece of ass. <laughs> but there's there's also times now I, I often will say that this work keeps me really honest and of integrity because there will be times when I'm snappy. We call it snicky, like mm-hmm. persnickety. Persnickety. But we, we say snicks or snicky. Are you snicky? Are you snicks? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Um, <laughs> where I will immediately apologize. Where I go, you don't deserve that. I shouldn't have said it like that. That's my shit right now. I probably just need to not be talking. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. You know, we're both pretty good at that. You're probably better than I am. You've really grown in that way, <laughs> I think. I'm still, still growing. We sure. all are. I mean, we really all are. So I was also thinking about there was a time, I think this was probably like in 2014-ish. And we, we 2014 was a really, really tough year for us. Oh, yeah. And it was a tough one. Financially, family-wise, just tons of thing, injuries that were going yeah. on. And I remember we got into like a little tiff or something and we were – on our way out the door, and you said, what did we just say on the show? What did we just say on the show? (laughs) And I was like, oh, I fucking created a monster. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also enabled me to stay more honest. Right. You know, I feel like I can't get away with anything. We hold each other accountable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's really really good for me. You know, there are times when I've had to say, when I felt like I needed to express that there's malleability with tools that, and that's something that I I work with my students on all the time is it's not always self-talk. It's not always speak kindly to yourself. Sometimes it's process emotion. Sometimes it's ball your eyes out. Yeah. You know, and I think there was a space and time there was a long time that it took me to even articulate that and how to teach that accurately. But I think that there were times, some, you know, when I would be bummed out or really blue or upset and you would be like, just just be kindly to yourself or just. And I'm like, <laughs> that's not the fucking tool right now, <laughs> you know, but I appreciated so much that you had heard me yeah. and that you yeah. were wanting to support in right. the way that that you knew. And it's just been really cool to see all of that transform over the years and you still transforming you will absolutely be missed like crazy oh my love i was i was thinking when we made the announcement i was like i wonder if people are secretly wondering are they splitting up (laughs) because there's been a lot of of couples like that in business just all of a sudden the other partner is gone rest assured that is not our case at all you will just be so missed i feel like you've become such an integral part of this community and mm. I love your voice of reason. I love your voice, period. Just your sexy voice. <laughs> Thank you. But what will what will you miss the most about the show? This is this is the only opportunity that you and I have had to 
work on a professional level of some sort. Mm, yeah. And we've always talked about, we need to combine our skills. We need to put make something. And this is the closest that we've ever gotten. Yeah. So this to me is, it's just, I, I really, I, I will miss having a, a fly on the wall view into how your business has grown yeah. in this way. So I like, I won't be able to, I mean, I can listen to the podcast of course, but I won't be here getting the information directly like this. Well, hopefully we can have you back here and there, maybe on some of my solo episodes, we'll have you just chime in cameo. like the, the old days. But yeah. so from the bottom of my heart, Aww. I adore you. I love you. I'm <laughs> so grateful for you. Thank you, baby. That's really sweet to say. I have really enjoyed doing the show. It has been it's been eight years, you know? know. Like that's a that's a good stretch to to do something like this. Right. I know. I'm proud of us. It's eight seasons. I'm really <laughs> once a week. I know. Almost you know? four hundred episodes. It's yeah. out of control. Yeah. So we will leave you at that, y'all. And thank you for having me. Thank Aww. you for I, I I really have appreciated how much love I've gotten from your community. So you're, thank thank you to the audience. You're kind of a unicorn for of a man. Accepting me as I am. Oh. <laughs> so again, if you would like to leave us some feedback about what you would like from the show going forward, if you've caught the last four episodes where I, you know, shared some new ways that I am presenting content to y'all, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash feedback. It it's sad. I'm gonna come up with a new sign off and a new intro <laughs> and new pod art and I all know, of that it's new crazy. stuff. For the sake of one last time, we'll say we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Ms. and Mr. Smith, out. Out.